You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Yep, 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 yep. No, I'm not Tim Ingram, who's aged drastically. Um, <laughs> No, I'm glad to be here. I'm so appreciative, Pastor Tim, who periodically will ask me to bring the message. And for those of you who may not know, those of you joining us online, I'm Bill Leckie. I'm one of the elders here. It's my privilege to serve in that capacity here. And uh, I'm excited to bring you a message today. So at least for my benefit, just look at someone and said, I hope this is good. We are so glad that you're here today on this holiday weekend, that you chose to come and be here with us in services and join us online. We're so glad that you're here. If you're watching us online today, hey, let us know in the chat where you're watching us from. It's always encouraging to know how this message is getting out and where it's going. So we appreciate that very, very much. Now, if you want, you go ahead and turn your Bibles to John chapter 11, the Gospel of John in the 11th chapter, and what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the experience that occurs there with Lazarus and Jesus showing up, and we have this tremendous miracle that occurs when he raises Lazarus from the dead. Now, the thing about these kinds of uh, things is uh, Jesus didn't show up when he was supposed to. I know that's never happened in your life. It's never happened in your life that he didn't show up when you expected him to. But to give you the backstory before we get into it and read this scripture, uh, we know that Jesus knew that Lazarus was ill. He got message that, a message that that was happening, and he made a decision to purposefully wait. It winds up being four days before he shows up. Now, I don't know about you. You're probably better than me. You're probably more spiritual than me. You're probably holier than me. But delays bother me. Um, if, if we've agreed to meet at a certain time and you don't show up at that certain time, trust me, I'm bothered. Now, I know no one else in this room has that kind of spiritual immaturity. It's just me. But delays mess with me. I, I can't tell I don't like it when technology doesn't operate when it's supposed to. Listen, I'm old enough to remember when there was no internet. But when I got it, I bought into it, and I remember waiting two and a half hours to download a music video. That's how long it took. Young people, be grateful. You have no idea what we went through. No idea what we experienced. The pain that we suffered to see this technology advance, right? Who's out there had to wait a long time to download something? You remember how impatient we get? I'm gonna tell you right now, I have some of the most up-to-date devices that I could possibly have. My iPhone is, a, is the latest edition. It's got a terabyte of storage, and if it hiccups one bit when I wanna click on something, I'm bothered. Now, you're laughing, but don't laugh because you're bothered too when things don't work right. I can't tell you how many times I've been driving down the freeway on the interstate and get behind a slow car. I know you've never had this happen. It happens to me. And it always happens to me that there's an 18-wheeler in the fast lane that has trapped me behind this slow car. 
Because I'm on to you guys. I've seen the pattern. If you drive an 18-wheeler, either online you're watching you drive an 18-wheeler, or you're in this room, we know what you're doing. You wait until you're going uphill to pass somebody. <laughs> you ain't fooling us. We've figured it out. And I can tell you I'm sitting behind this person who's barely going the speed limit or not going the speed limit at all. And I can't change lanes. I'm bothered. But I can tell you also, there have been many times I've gotten stuck in that situation and I'm complaining. My wife's sitting right here on the front row. Wave at everybody. There she is. And, and she can tell you that when I'm bothered, I tend to complain. Out loud, yeah. I tend to complain. I know you don't do this. You can pray for me because I will do it. When I'm bothered, I will complain. Delays bother me, and I can tell you times in the vehicle, I've been complaining. I can't believe this person. I can't believe this person's allowed on the road. Who gave them their license? I can't believe, you know, all of this stuff. And then we top the hill, and we come over the top of the hill, and there sits Johnny Law shooting radar my direction. To which then my disposition completely changes. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Watching out for your beloved son. <laughs> <laughs> Just me? Nobody else? That's not, I have anybody else? That's a little embarrassing. I, I will tell you this, though. I, I'm going to make this statement. It'll come up on the screen. Often what we view as a delay is actually his commitment to revealing something greater than we imagine. Jesus was expected to show up and do something good. What he did instead was he showed up and did something great. Somebody needs to hear that today. Somebody needs to hear that today. If you're in a season where things seem delayed, things aren't happening on your time scale, things aren't happening on the date you set them to operate and happen on your calendar, I want to encourage you today that what you may be wanting Jesus to show up and do something good, he may be saying, my timing's perfect, I'm going to show up and do something great for you. It's important for us to recognize it. Jesus knew he was going to do something that they'd never seen done. He knew that Lazarus was ill. He knew when Lazarus passed, he knew that God had something else he wanted to do. And he stayed on God's timetable, his father's timetable. That's important for each one of us to know. In fact, I, look at it, I put it this way. His words to those upset with his delay and their perception of the consequences were, trust me, and I'll show you something greater. When we're in those situations, Mary and Martha met him as soon as he showed up on the scene, and this is what they laid on Jesus. If you'd have been here, he wouldn't be dead. That seemed a little heavy. That's a load. That's something to deal with. Jesus shows up, you're late, and because of your tardiness, sir, we're experiencing grief and loss. But see, Jesus knew something else was happening here. And this is what we have to recognize is that we have to insert trust when delays happen. That's where trust works. It's easy to say, oh, I trust you, Lord. I got everything I need. I trust you. I got a big old bank account. My cars run well. Everybody's healthy. I trust you, Lord. Well, well, the real test of whether we trust him or not is when the wheel comes off, 
When something happens, something breaks, someone's sick, someone's struggling, something is going the way we didn't want it to, that's where trust is put to the test. In fact, he says to Mary and Martha, I told you if you would just believe, you'd see the glory of God. That's where trust has to be put. Now let's look at our scripture. I've given you kind of the backstory. He shows up late. He's met by Mary and Martha. If you'd have been here, this wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't be going through this if you'd just gotten here on time. <laughs> no one's ever said that to the Lord. No one. No one watching online has ever thought that. Sure you have. Sure you have. Here's what the scripture says. We'll pick up verse 38. Then Jesus, again, groaning in himself. Now, this is an interesting statement. Because prior to this, it says that he wept. It says that he, and now obviously Jesus wept because he was aware of the emotional situation that people were experiencing loss. There was empathy involved. But I'm going to tell you something else. I believe that one of the reasons Jesus wept he was the only one who saw that something great was coming. No one else saw it. No one else expected it. No one else trusted him on that level. It says Jesus wept. And now it says he groaned in himself and he came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Then Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time... There is a stench. Let me put that to you in East Texas. He stinks. He's reached the point that he stinks. This is bad. Don't do this. She's basically trying to discourage him from having that stone moved away. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? She thought, yes, but I didn't know it was going to stink. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not, that's not written there. I, I, I added that. <laughs> then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. This is another reason why I think he wept because no one else saw it. But he says to him, Lord, I know you heard me. But because of the people who are standing by, I'm saying this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who died came out bound, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We're so grateful that it has life to speak to us today. And Lord, we ask the Holy Spirit, who is our guide, our instructor in truth, to come and open this scripture to us and help us to understand what you're saying to us today in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. We live in a world that is going off the rails, right? We're seeing all kinds of things happening in our world, things happening in our state. All kinds of things are happening. And I will tell you something. Our country, our world needs a relationship with God. Unfortunately, in our culture, the church has failed in its mission, and rather than helping people understand how much God cares for them and loves them and what God's heart for them truly is, we have shown them rules, and we've offered them judgment, and we've done things that they've said I don't want to be identified with. 
and they've gone the opposite direction. Now, it's easy for us to blame other things. It's easy for us to, to blame other situations. That's why, that's our world. They rejected, they rejected. But honestly, if we're, if we're going to be honest ourselves, we are the ambassadors of Christ. We are the ministers of reconciliation. And it's our job as believers to announce the good news, not pronounce judgment. And it's important. So we have to own this a little bit, that people do not understand God's heart for them, partly because we have not communicated it or demonstrated it. I know that's heavy. Just take a, just take a pause and say, I think he was talking to you. I think, he, I think he was talking to you. If you're sitting in a room at home by yourself, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to own it. <laughs> sorry, you got nobody to point at. I want to share with you from this story today three things about the heart of God for us. Three things in this story that demonstrate to us what God's heart for us really is. Are you ready for this? Yeah? Some of you aren't ready. Shall we pause? Ready now? Okay, let's get going. We're going to all get hungry here in a minute. Number one, he removed the obstacle of our failure. Jesus shows up and he says, where have you laid him? Where is he? He's dead. He's been buried. And he's now in a cave with a big old rock over the opening of the cave. And this rock is now separating Lazarus from Jesus. Jesus' first statement was, take that stone away. One of the things that reveals God's heart for us is that he rolled away the stone, even though the family said, don't do it, it's going to smell bad. See, in the Hebrew idea, corruption set in on the body on the fourth day. Up to three days, they thought he might be able to come back. But on the fourth day, it was their idea and belief that corruption is now set in, this is over. Another reason Jesus delayed the length of time that he did. He demonstrated in this act his power over death. Even when people thought there's no coming back from that. In fact, we could say he was four-day dead. It's one thing to be dead. It's something else to be four-day dead in the Hebrew mind. And because they believe that's when corruption set it on the body, that's when it was going to smell the worst. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Martha said, don't do it. It's going to be bad. Don't put us through this. Aren't we grieving enough? Don't make us have to smell that. Okay? So here's what's unfolding. Here's something. I'll put it to you this way. He removed it, the stone, knowing our condition and demonstrated his love for us even though we were dead and the stench of death was on us. The scripture that goes with this is Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we could do anything about it, before there was, we couldn't do anything about it. And while we were still in that condition, by the way, all of us, before coming into a relationship with Jesus, we were all four day dead. Messed up, corrupted. Unable to come back. And the first thing Jesus does is he removes the obstacle. 
He removed that which separated Lazarus from himself. For us, what is that? It's our sin. It's our mess-ups. It's our failure. It's our inability to live up to God's standard. That has created a separation for all people, not just some people, all people from God. The first thing Jesus does is he says, let's deal with that. We're going to deal with that. And I think it's significant. We need to remember some of us in this room have been believers for a period of time, maybe for a long time, and we need to be reminded of God's heart for us. We need to be reminded sometimes what it was like to be on the other side of the stone. We need to be reminded what it was like to have been in that condition cut off from God and be reminded that he is the one who initiated it. You didn't. Back when I was a kid, there was an evangelistic campaign Billy Graham did coming through Shreveport. It was called I Found It. That was, how they, that, was the, that was the campaign. They had all these stickers and all these buttons, and everybody had these bumper stickers on their car that says, I Found It. And we had these old buttons, I Found It. The goal was for someone to say, found what, found what, found what? And then we could respond, new life in Jesus. Sounds great. But here's the thing, theologically, it's incorrect. I didn't find him. He found me. He came looking for me. He came looking for you. He dealt with the obstacle. He initiated it. It was all him. He's the one who did it. So we begin to understand God's heart for us in that he was willing to do what was necessary. I wrote it down this way. He wants us to know him, not just know about him. He has removed every obstacle so that we can. You see, sin, sin has been forever dealt with. It doesn't have to be addressed again by God. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection took care of it. It's only when we, though, in faith believe in what he's done, that we begin to become the benefactors of that. But no one perishes because of sin. Sin's been taken care of. They perish because of unbelief. That's what the scripture tells us. They have not believed God's heart for them. And it's important for us today. I want us to be reminded. Here's the second thing that Jesus does that helps us understand God's heart for us. Number two, he restores the life that we were intended to have. It's really interesting. I love this scripture because um, the, the statement he gives is, it says that with a loud voice, he says, Lazarus, come forth. It's important for us to recognize this because he calls Lazarus by name. And it's important for us to understand that every time anyone comes into a relationship with Jesus, it's personal. It's never a group thing. It's personal. He calls us by name. The invitation to come to him and find life as he intended it is always personal. It's by name. It's not by family. It's not by church. It's not by religion. It's not by denomination. He calls us by name. It's a personal invitation. It's important, too, that he, he said Lazarus. And some, some theologians have suggested that if he had just said, come forth, all the dead would have got up. It would have been, been the, 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 the walking dead all over. I mean, it would have just been terrible. Zombie apocalypse. What is happening? 
It was personal. He was specific. Lazarus, come forth. Wrote down this way. His life is always a personal encounter. He speaks life when all we can see is death. He knows us and our condition. And he calls us to know him personally. There are four basic things here at High Ridge that we want to happen. We want people to know God. Not know church, not know religion, not know a denomination. We want people to know God. We want people to know him personally. That's what our desire is. We, we come here every weekend. That's our prayer. Our elders gather every Sunday morning. We're praying, God, let people come to know you. We want people to know God. In this situation, Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. Come forth. And the life was restored. It's important for us to understand this thought. Relationship with Jesus is always personal, even when we're in a crowd of others. We don't get in on the coattails of anybody else. We, we don't. It doesn't work that way. It's personal. It's personal. You either know him or you do not know him. We either know him in our lives or we know about him, but we don't know him. And his desire is that we know him personally. God's heart for us is a personal relationship, not an engagement in rituals and regulation. He wants us to have relationship. I'm going to tell you something. I do things for my wife and I do things with my wife because I love her and we're in a relationship, not because we drafted a, a set of rules. Although that could be helpful sometimes. I could know what rules I'm breaking before I do it. That might be helpful. But that's not why. It's based in relationship. Relationship always goes the extra mile. It always goes further than regulation. It always goes further than rules. You cannot legislate. I'll just pause here. You can't legislate righteous living. It's transformational. We have to have heart change. We've got to have an encounter with Jesus that's personal. It's important. Here's the third thing. The third thing that he does is he releases the potential that he sees in us. <laughs> I love this. He says, loose him, let him go. He comes out. He hears this personal limitation. He comes alive. He's had life restored to him. He comes out of the grave as Jesus called him to do. Jesus, we find out about him and his purpose in John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I don't want you just to come alive. I want you to be able to enjoy that life. And that's why he said, loose him and let him go. Now, my imagination is pretty fertile. I have a pretty fertile imaginative mind. And when I just hear the story of Jesus showed up and he raised Lazarus from the dead and he says, Lazarus, come forth. I mean, it's glorious, right? This dramatic effect and we can kind of visualize it. Hollywood comes into our brain and we might envision something like Lazarus having just scored a touchdown 
And he comes out of the tomb. He spikes the ball, does a little tick-tock. Yeah, that's not what happened. Yeah, that's not what happened. What the Bible says is very clear, and it says it for a very clear reason. It says he came out. Well, I'll just show you. This is how he came out. You ready? Don't you love this online in this great video? Yeah, yeah. The old surgically repaired ankle lets me do this. I'm grateful. Yeah. That's how he came out because the scripture tells us very clearly he was bound hand and foot and he had a grave cloth over his face. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that his ability to walk was impaired. His ability to work with his hands was impaired. His ability to see and have vision and direction for his life was impaired. Wouldn't it be great if when we come into a relationship with Jesus, we just come out with that whole TikTok thing? It's like, woo, everybody. But the truth is, we come out with some stuff hanging on to us. And we need to get free from it. And what's really interesting is that Jesus spoke to the people around him and said, loose him and let him go. Why do we encourage groups here? Because we need people to help us. Get free of the stuff that's hindering our ability to walk into the purposes of God, our ability to work in partnership with the kingdom of God, our ability to see and have vision and direction for what God wants us to do in this life. We need help. Some of us more than others. I need a lot of help. Don't say amen to that too loud. That was, that was a little embarrassing. Felt a little exposed there. We need help. And people, our relationships with others, help us get free. They help us see things. Can you imagine if Jesus had just looked at Lazarus and said, get free. And he starts to struggle. Who knows how many times he falls down. You know what? That describes a lot of people's lives that I know. Rather than hearing Jesus say, loose him and let him go, they hear you get free. And we struggle. And you know what? The same power that raised us up and gave us new life is required for us to get free. We need it. We need help. We need help. I'll put it down this way. Finding life in relationship with Jesus is the beginning of the journey to a rich and satisfying life. It's the beginning. It's the beginning. It's where we start. He came out of the grave. But he needed help getting free so that he can enjoy the life he'd been given. That's so important. Don't settle for hopping around with your feet bound and your hands bound and no ability to see vision and direction for your life. Jesus came to give you life and that you might have it in abundance and satisfying life of what it means to walk in the path that he has for you and to participate in the work of his ministry and his kingdom, that you could be a part of that and that you could see that there's purpose See, one of the things we say, well, the thing we say here all the time at High Ridge, we want you to know God, we want you to find freedom, we want you to discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. That's where I'm going to close out today. Because if you go over to John chapter 12, I think beginning verse 9, we find this verse of Scripture. Now, Lazarus has been raised from the dead, 
people around him have helped him get free. Then it says, when all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they're, they're at Mary, Martha, and, and Lazarus' home. And when all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him. But look at this. And also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. It was the story. His story made a difference. In fact, I want to tell you, he gives us, here, here's one statement, I'm going to follow up with another one. First, he gives us life and wants us free in order for us to make a difference. And then this statement, your story is the first step to making a difference. Lazarus' ability to say, I was dead, I was four day dead, cut off from life. Jesus dealt with the obstacle, the thing that separated us. Jesus called me personally. I responded. Then he said to those around me, help him get free. And I'm living a different life today because of it. I will tell you right now, there are people who, if they knew you prior to your relationship with Jesus, and they look at you now, your story matters. It matters. It's where we begin to make a difference. When we're able to be honest and authentic about where we fell short and where we struggled, and a relationship with Jesus has made the difference, we begin to make a difference. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? I want us just to ask the Lord to remind us, those of us who have a relationship with Jesus, let's ask the Lord, remind us of how great your heart toward us is. Help us to never forget that you initiated this. You came looking for us. You did what was necessary so that life could be restored, and we give you thanks for that today. Some of us are in a season where things that we felt like needed to happen haven't happened yet. We're in a delay. Things are being delayed and we're bothered. Help us today, Lord, to insert trust into that time of delay. Not just expecting you to do something good, but waiting for you to do something great. Father, we ask the Holy Spirit today to help us not only receive your heart for us, but to communicate it and demonstrate it to those around us. Remind us of our story. Remind us that our story matters. Help us to share it openly and freely so that we can make a difference. Maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you would say, I'm, I'm really not sure about this relationship with God thing. I don't know that my life has been engaged in a personal relationship. I, I might know church, I'm familiar with religion, but I don't know that I've ever come into that personal relationship. Well, friend, I want to help you today and just lead you in a simple prayer. I want you to trust me that the Holy Spirit right now is calling you by name. Sitting in this room, 
wherever you may be watching online. He knows your name. His invitation to you is by name. I want to encourage you and just lead you in a simple prayer. You can pray it out loud or pray it in your head. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you believe it. And it goes just like this. Lord Jesus, I believe you are who the Bible says you are. I believe you have taken my sin, my failures, and you've dealt with them. I choose today to trust you with my life. And I ask you to come into my life and save me that I may walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Friend, if you prayed that prayer today, I want to ask you just to do something for me. If you prayed that prayer, possibly for the very first time, to ask Jesus to come into your life, to find that life that he's promised, would you do me a favor? Would you just look up at me and then just wave, wave at me with your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you very much. I see you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. I'm going to ask you to do one, one more thing. If you prayed that prayer and you looked up here and you waved at me, we will have some material, some, some resources that we'd like to get to you that will help you know what your next steps are. All you have to do is text, I prayed, all one word, to 844-HRC-TEXT. And that will allow us to send this resource out to you so you know what your next steps are. So happy for you. So proud of you. So grateful for those of you who prayed today. I counted four. Four people today giving their heart to Jesus. Can we thank the Lord for that today? How awesome is that? So grateful. High Ridge family, would you stand? We're going to ask our elders and their wives to come forward and be available here. Uh, if you need prayer for anything, maybe you're in one of those delays and you say, I need someone just to pray with me that I can insert trust right there. They'll be happy to pray with you. I'm so glad you chose to come to church today. So glad you chose to join us online. What a great time coming together. Father, I speak a blessing over every household represented here today. I pray, Father, as we go out, it would be a renewed sense of your heart for us that we can respond with thanksgiving, gratefulness, and lives of service for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.